Cultivating Curiosity Through Compelling Conversations. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Jesse Mogul, host of Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Hope you're enjoying all of my content over at MediaMogul.com. Make sure you're locating me at iTunes, MediaMogul.com forward slash iTunes. I'm on Facebook at MediaMogul. And all the other social media platforms, including Instagram, Snapchat. Basically, if I'm on one, it's at Jesse Mogul. Today's episode comes out of the magazine Wired, How to Switch a Country Off. It is all about the United States. Actually, it's about Ukraine, but it's about what it could mean to the United States. Now, I know, I know, just hold on, don't turn me off yet. You're like, why should we be interested in Ukraine? And in fact, Rex Tillerson in April was with a meeting of other diplomats actually asked that exact same question. Why should the U.S. taxpayer be interested in Ukraine? And I love it when our politicians try to make it sound like they give two dams about us constituents. And I'm talking about all politicians here. You know I'm a Democrat, but look, we're at fault with just as much wrongdoing as uh, the Republicans are. Whenever anyone in the, wants to get on their high horse, they love to, to use the word U.S. taxpayer because everyone, all of a sudden their ears perk up. What's my money being spent on? They're talking about me. They're finally talking about me. Uh, bottom line is, is that the politicians have their own rhetoric that they're going to spit out to us to get us make us think that they care about what we say when they don't. If they could take away the Demo- democratic process and just always be elected they would so don't think any other way uh not when the fda is is you know in the pocket of all the major corporations and monsanto is running amok i mean that's that's a whole different thing although dioxin does play a little bit of this story and if you remember my monsanto episode dioxin it actually does play into a little bit of this story but let's talk about ukraine because Here's what Kremlin and USSR are doing. Now, this is allegedly, they, they, they know that the hackers are coming from the Kremlin. They know that they're located within the USSR's borders. Now, is this being um, proliferated uh, you know, by the USSR, well, USSR, by the Soviets? Um, USSR was where Ukraine used to fall. And if you don't know where they're located on a map, I'm not surprised. Even I had to go do a quick check to make sure I, I knew. Uh, most of you probably have a better idea than you would have not too long ago because of what happened with Crimea and the fact that they annexed that. And it's really interesting to see the timeline of how all of that played out. But let's talk about why this article got me so immediately plugged into what was going on because it's, a, it's about overall it's about the energy grid um, and what could happen to Ukraines because they are constantly being hacked in fact their entire infrastructure is constantly being hacked there according to this article there is nowhere that the hackers have not infiltrated whether it's their finance whether it's their energy it's their transportation Everywhere they could have gotten into, they've gone into. In here, it states that in a public statement in December, Ukraine's president, Petro Poroshenko, Poroshenko? Let's go with Petro Poroshenko, Poroshenko. Petro Poroshenko, say that 10 times fast, reported there had been 6,500 cyber attacks on 36 Ukrainian targets in just the previous two months. Now, that is insane. Insane to think that they could take on that many attacks. Now, are that many happening in the United States? I have no doubt. Are we going to hear about a lot of them because they could be considered national security and the NSA could be in control of that? Yeah, I mean, we don't get to know everything that we think we get to know. But the bottom line is, 
what's happening in Ukraine right now with the hackers from Russia is that they're testing out their abilities to completely disable vast networks of computers that control humongous infrastructures for the country of the Ukraine. Now, where this could ultimately, just because I feel like I have to bring this in so the United States people care and give a damn, is that we know our infrastructure is old, and it's not just our bridges and our water pipelines and our sewers and railways and things of that nature, but a lot of our computer systems are old as well. I mean, even the credit card systems that we're using nowadays um, have been shown to be old. You've seen the Target and the Home Depots getting hacked and uh, Ashley Madison's and the things like that. You know, that makes bigger news because of it's a cheating website but target comes out with you know 80 100 million some credit cards stolen our infrastructure as far as digital goes is just as weak as our roads and our highways and, and everything else of that nature and so when russia is able to systematically target ukrainian infrastructure and they're basically testing their abilities to hack and disable now they're using um this thing called black energy it allows them to access and reconnaissance within ukraine's infrastructure there's this thing called the kill disk that causes the ultimate destruction it basically freezes out all the computers loads it's got it's loaded full of malware causes things to start really shutting down see there has to be a key that gets you in to these highly i'm using air quotes here uninfiltratable systems you know, the United States has many, and we've seen our hackers be able to, to get into the FBI, to be able to get into NASA, to be able to get into some of our, uh, so, you know, what we would like to think of as untouchables. That you can get in there, and in order to do that, you need, you know, a key. I'm sure there's a better word for it, but I'm not a techie guy. That's all I, I'm going to call it, because that's what black energy is. It, it gives them access. It allows them to reconnaissance. Well, once you're in there... The key isn't what's going to disable. You need the weapon. And the weapon is this thing called Kill Disk. And it's being developed and run by Sandworm, uh, which is uh, the hacker organization. At least that's what it's being dubbed. Uh, It was named that because, you know, that's what they do. Everything needs a name nowadays. Um, And so you've got to understand that if these people can get in there and they can cause this kind of damage to Ukraine, which, albeit, is not where we're at by any means as far as our infrastructure's ability to withstand attacks. You know for a fact that it's happened. Now, John Hill, John Holtquist is the head of the team of researchers at FireEye. It's, an organ, it's a company that first spotted and named the Sam Worm Group. And he says that we've seen this actor show a capability to turn off the lights and, and they have an interest in the U.S. system. And he put it on Twitter, and uh, this is a quote, I swear when Sandworm team finally nails Western critical infrastructure and folks react like it was a huge surprise, I'm going to lose it. And that's, you know, at some point there's got to be a call to action to this, and, and that's where I, the, I'm trying to go. Is that It's like you can just call up your senator or your House of Representatives and say, what are we doing to make sure that our grids and our infrastructure is impermeable to cyber attacks. Because first of all, if a human makes it, a human can break it. It's my biggest issue with Bitcoin and Ethereum and these cryptocurrencies out there now. If somebody can write a code for it, then somebody can write a code against it. And so you go and put all your money into a cryptocurrency, and if the grid goes out or somebody hacks it, then you don't really have any money. 
at least when we were on the gold standard, you, ha you could have gold in your hand and that had worth. And you could go buy things, you know, Walking Dead style, all hell breaks loose. At least gold had some worth. Uh, I guess so did bullets, considering how many times humans killed other humans in that show. But you have to think that if, if a human can build code that makes a cryptocurrency or they can build a code that blocks somebody out from getting into a certain website or getting into the network for a power grid or the finance department, and then somebody else can build something to break it down. Now, what Russia is doing with Ukraine is basically they're, they're being allowed to practice on a field where no one's going to bother them. And it's because we, for the most part, just seem to be leaving Ukraine the hell alone. And we don't seem to care two dams about what's going on over there. Um, case in point, in 2014, back on February 18th, uh, huge crowds clashed with police, forcing the pro-Russia president Viktor Yanukovych into exile. Something funny about this Viktor Yanukovych, they even mention it in this article, is his longtime political advisor was Paul Manafort, who also ran Trump's campaign. Now... Yanukovych was a huge Kremlin backer, basically was in the pocket of the Russian leaders. Um, Putin's got him all wrapped around his finger. And the guy who was his political advisor, Yanukovych, the, the president of Ukraine who was ousted in 2014, his political advisor was Paul Manafort, who ran Trump's campaign. Now, sometimes you guys think, okay, it's just Jesse going off on Trump. His candidate didn't win. You're right. Bernie Sanders did not win, and I'm very disappointed about that. But you, you've got to remember, these people that, are, that have their hands in p positions of power have been around much longer than you may know. You may know. Donald Rumsfeld was, somebody, was a name I brought up in my Monsanto piece, and this guy had enough power back in the 70s that he was brought in by the company of Monsanto and their, and their allies to get Ronald Reagan to basically oust the FDA guy who was leading a charge against Monsanto and what they were doing and put in somebody that would favor Monsanto and their business partners. Donald Rumsfeld, who ultimately ran the Department of Defense for Bush and was there in his hand, his hands at everything. I mean, you know about Rumsfeld because of what he was doing in the early 2000s. And the, basically the reason why we got into the Iraq war was he's out there with this, you know, negligible data saying that they have WM, uh, WMAs, weapons of mass destruction, WMDs. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm rambling now. I'm getting off topic. So on February 18th, they kick out the Kremlin president. On March 18th, one month later, Vladimir Putin signs a treaty to annex Crimea and a Ukrainian territory occupied by Russian forces. And you go on a map and look at it. It allows them to have access to the Black Sea, which is a huge, huge economic need to just be able to get their goods in and around that region. I mean, the, you know, that Black Sea borders Turkey, Bulgaria, Romania, Georgia. I mean, it's, it's huge. Taking Crimea was humongous for them. By May 22nd, they already started hacking into the Ukraine's presidential election, basically trying to get their sites to declare the president they wanted in power, uh, the president. That got caught within like an hour of the news being put out there. By July 17th, a Malaysian Airlines flight bound for Kuala Lumpur is down by a missile fire by pro-Russian rebel pro rebels in the territory of eastern Ukraine. you got to think, guys. Remember when that happened? 
Like, somebody just rocket launches down an airplane, and you'd think that there'd be a little bit more outcry. And the reason there's not is because all this cyber stuff's going on in the background. And a really great point that this article made is that what's, what Russia's doing is they may not be necessarily saying, that U.S., we're going to take you down, we're going to cripple your uh, electric grid, which, guys... Uh, if you don't understand how much that would just seriously screw us up, you're just you're not seeing the big picture here. I mean, yes, we all know we need electricity just to have our lights on, but just think of everything that that energy protects, whether it's the power grid, just in itself, whether it's something within a nuclear power plant. Uh, it's not just the stuff in your freezer and refrigerator. I mean, you're talking about our water filtration systems. I mean, everything is, we need energy. So the article makes a great point that this could just be a game of deterrence. And by showing the United States what Moscow is capable of, they send a message to, that we don't try to do something similar to Stuxnet-style attack. And if you don't know what the Stuxnet-style attack means, we hacked into an, the Iranian infrastructure and we caused these nuclear centrifuges to start to wobble just by a, just by like a hair the, these centrifuges when they spin they have to spin at the at the exact speed at, at the exact everything just imagine something spinning and if it just spins just a little bit wrong it gets offline it's going to completely crumble um, you know, I'm going to bring something up that, that if you had knew anyone there or if you have any kind of connection to it, it might upset you. So mind you, what I'm getting ready to say is done with the utmost discretion and love and sorrow for what happened there. But in a, at the Ohio State Fair, when that ride that goes back and forth and also spins um, spun incorrectly, it hit the guardrail, causing parts of it to break, ultimately injuring many and killing one and it was very sad but so now you can picture how this thing just spinning just a little bit off will completely crumble the entire structure well that's what we did to iran causing their nuclear centrifuges to go to hell uh, ultimately uh, s- slowing down their nuclear drive i mean they, yes they want a nuclear bomb and no doubt that one day they'll have one the point being is that russia knows that we have the capability of doing that. And they're saying, look, you better stay the hell away from us and our allies. And that could also mean Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. And so it's a game of deterrence. If, are they going to try to crumble us? Is this something that you should be worried about and, and losing sleep about right now, every single day of your life? No. I, I don't recommend that you ever lie in bed and think that about anything because this is, you know, this is one of those situations where it's, it's out of our control. But the Ukrainian attack, and I'm, I'm reading it out of the article here, the U- Ukrainian attack represented something more than a faraway foreign case study. An adversary that had already targeted American energy utilities had crossed the line and taken down a power grid, said this man named Lee. It's an imminent threat to the United States. Now, I'm a firm believer that what keeps some of these countries that do not want to see Western dominance on this planet anymore from doing that is our economic control over the entire planet. We buy so much from China that if our economy were to fall apart, China's economy would take a major hit. Would they find other countries to buy their cheap plastic crap? Of course. Plenty of people want cheap plastic crap. And you already see China investing in Ethiopia's railway system right now because we've taken a step back from doing anything in Africa, which is a horrible idea because that just allows somebody else to slide in there and and fill that vacuum of power, that vacuum of need that Africa has. 
and China has a hell of a ton of money, and we owe China a hell of a ton of money. So China's in a much better position to actually become a world leader in going into these poor areas and laying down railways and laying down infrastructure that they will ultimately be able to use to their advantage. And if they get enough of these countries in their pocket that they could, that they could replace us and the, the, their need for our debt and our consumerism, you can be just know for a fact that if China just at any point decides they no longer need us, that North Korea and Russia and some of their allies will have no problem stepping in and saying, finally, attack. And if that means destroying 90% of the population, I think it's been shown throughout human history that we have no problem destroying, 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 as long as whoever wants to win wins. And if that means coming out of it, there only being 10% of the population and you know 80% of the planet's uninhabitable, whatever. They don't care. They have to live in a bunker for five years till the acid rain stops. All right, now I'm really going off on a tangent. But what this article had got me thinking about is what are we exactly doing to make sure that we are prepared for a cyber attack? And you know we're you know we're putting a lot of money in it. But when I hear that the the new wish list of Donald Trump's budget has somewhere between like 45 and 55 billion dollars more going towards defense. And you're talking about getting more jets or submarines. And I mean, I think there's a recently a submarine that came out that doesn't have the capabilities to do what it's supposed to do. And these things were, you know, a couple hundred million dollars a piece. And there's a whole jet line that we came out, I read about not too long ago, that we don't even use. I'm like 54 billion. I hope that 45 billion of that is going straight into protecting our digital world. Because that's where the real war, war is going to happen next. You crumble our electric grid, you poison our water. Oh, well, we're doing a great enough job poisoning our water and our land alone. Just take electricity away from us and watch the way we all turn into animals and heathens. But yes, The Walking Dead is a drama and it is television and it's Hollywood's view of what would happen if all hell broke loose. But we've seen how quickly people turn on each other in riots that imagine if there was no electricity and therefore grocery stores weren't able to get food and people weren't able to leave their houses and therefore there was nobody to, to, to manage our infrastructure or to be able to get food supplies around. There's only so much that the National Guard and the Red Cross can do. And so going back to what my point was a minute or two ago, what are we doing? Now, because of these attacks on Ukraine, we have sent a staff with, an FBI, with FBI there, Department of Energy, the Department of Homeland Security, the North American Electric Re- Reliability Corporation. They're the body responsible for the stability of the U.S. grid. They all formed a delegation. They did go to Ukraine. They did talk to the power plants that had been affected by black energy and um, disk kill, um, kill disk, I'm sorry. And so we have gone. You know, we have gone there to learn more about what it is exactly that's happening there and how that's going to you know, ultimately affect us. I mean, black energy has been able to get into, you know, this is, remember, this is the key, is they've been able to infiltrate some of our systems over here in the United States. And they found this kill disk malware on um our infrastructure. And so it, they've been able to get in there. And if you guys have listened to any of the recent um, cybersecurity stories that have gone out there. There's people who will open up an email or whatnot and it locks up their computer and they're being asked to send like $250 in Bitcoin to a hacker collective that will then unlock their computers and it doesn't usually play out that way. But these are just little, little hits. It's like when you're trying to find 
you know, maybe it's a virus in your system or maybe it's a raiding party where it just hits and it's looking for that weak point. It's looking to see how much can it push us before we start to fight back. And yes, we do have an insanely powerful military, but definitely the top military on the planet. No one is arguing that. I think I heard recently that the next six or seven on the list that are you know, from two to down to seven or eight collectively don't have the military that we have. But we have a military built for the way we used to fight for World War II and Vietnam and things, places like that. The new battlefronts are being done, are being done with IEDs. It's just these little hits where it's just like the demoralizing stuff. And to go in and, and to dominate our electric grid and, and anything else that it wants to, I mean, you start shutting down the electric grid, and maybe, maybe the Hoover Dam stops working. And maybe because of that, there's too much pressure on it and now that dam breaks or cracks and now water leaks out and then boom you have huge floods the hoover dam is the one everyone knows there's much much smaller ones that could still do a minimal compared to what the hoover dam could do damage wise but certainly could you know completely flood out wash out whole towns down downstream you've seen what water can do when it comes to a tsunami this stuff comes in just wipes away wipe away make new it's like you didn't even know anything was there before so the electric grid is important, and we are sending you know, delegations over there, and we are working our butts off, I'm sure, behind the scenes. My worry is is that it seems like we've got a bunch of inept people running our country. Um, there's a new scandal every day, and whether it's media-made, and remember, guys, the media, like 80 90% of the, of the media is run by six major conglomerates. And depending on whether they side Democrat or Republican, that's the kind of news you're getting. You know, you don't, you weren't, no one was, no one had live news teams at the D- Dakota uh, XL pipeline, whole, that whole thing that was going on. No one was going out there and showing us live footage. There isn't a whole hella team of reporters, even though that was a huge deal. Whether you're, whether you side with the Native Americans or whether you side with energy or not, I mean, the fact that this was happening and people were being tear gassed and sprayed, it, it's, it reminds me of whenever the students at one of the UC schools here, I think it was UC Davis, we're sitting in protest and just sitting with their arms locked together and the, pe- the police come up just firing pepper spray in their faces, just firing it at them. I'm just like, this is horrible, horrible what we were doing to them. And it, it's, it's, it's got to blow your mind whenever we do things like this to our own citizens and, and it's, it's barely being reported on. I mean, the UC Davis thing made news. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's UC Davis. Don't hold me on that. And I remember them trying to wipe it off the internet. So people just kept posting it on Facebook. So it would live in infamy. So we only report what we want to report. And so maybe the NSA keeps um, hacks on our grid at a minimum because they don't want it to scare the general public or they don't want to let the hackers know that they've actually been able to do any kind of damage. But if you go back and you look at the, um, if you go back and look at the Northeast blackout of 2003, this is what came to mind when I was reading this article. I just remember it, it made very little no- news uh, in my world. I was in Florida. I was going to University of Florida at the time, so I was nowhere near this. But I definitely had dealt with blackouts because of hurricanes, and you know, usually within a day or two, uh, once the hurricane passed, electricity goes back up. Florida is very good about getting that kind of thing done. But this is a huge scale: ten million people in Canada, forty-five million people in the United States, over eight st- over eight different states. If you go look at a picture of this, it's like the whole New York, the whole Northeastern area at night. The way it's shown, it looks like it's water. If you if you take if you just Google 
the northeastern blackout of 2003 images, you'll, you'll see what I'm seeing here and how the Gulf of Mexico is this big black hole. Well, that's what the northeast looked like. Now imagine if somebody could do this to the entire eastern seaboard. What if somebody could do this to the entire western seaboard? What if they could just do this with this? I mean, I love the way our country looks from like the Mississippi right around that area right everything east everything is bright and and there's a lot of parts in the west that still have darkness there and you know that's the whole wyoming idaho desert areas of nevada new mexico Um, but we're very bright in southern and northern california and so you go and start screwing around with our electric grid you start going and causing humongous damage you're going to see americans turn on each other and you don't need to come over here with a military and start to fight if you just let us eat each other alive from the inside and then you just come and scrape up the pieces later um so it, it appears that what the russians are doing with ukraine is setting the stage in early in the early part of the year uh, by allowing black energy to key into their systems, making sure that they're leaving this awesome little bug that that sandworm has created, putting kill disc there and waiting for around Christmas. Apparently, they really like to run Christmas for people. <laughs> that's because that's what they you know that's what they did in 2014. And that's what they did in 2015, and that's what they did in 2016. Although maybe it's more on the 15, 16 side. But here's 2017. Christmas is going to be here before you know it, especially once football season starts. America just gets so obsessively focused. I marked up these pages so much. There is so much going on here. I'm going to have to have someone who knows more about the electric grid come on the show and just really discuss this because it blows my mind. But they could knock out, these hackers could knock out Washington, D.C. in a heartbeat. And a nation state could, if the nation state takes Washington, D.C. out for two months, they, I mean, that's what they could do, according to this, this gentleman named Lee. Uh, it wouldn't be much issue for them. And the American cybersecurity community often talks about advanced persistent threats. Sophisticated hackers who don't simply infiltrate a system for the sake of one attack, but stay there, silently keeping their hold on a target. And this is what they could be doing, just slowly but surely infiltrating with their keys, whether it be black energy or another one, and just leaving their kill disk and just saying, this is what we're doing, and we're okay with that. And you, you put this kill disk into enough systems, and now all of a sudden, whenever you're ready to hit enter, the whole, I mean, just 150 million people could lose their energy, water goes away so much i mean we're such an energy necessary society now that to take that away from us would just show our vulnerability um and so while russia sits out there in ukraine and that's what i really want to close up with is that russia is practicing this on the ukraine specifically because they know that no one gives a damn about the ukraine Uh, i've been listening and reading to a lot of different books lately about just the way that Russia has gone about treating the Ukraine, the Poland's, the the areas that are nearest to them, you know, basically they're all their former so USSR Soviet bloc countries in the Eastern Europe. They just they feel like they should own all of this still, you know. I mean, the USSR used to border Poland and back before World War II even started them in Germany just started beating the hell out of Poland now you go look at the Soviet Union map and there's Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania Belarus, 
Ukraine, all these places are their own countries now, but they used to not be. And the Russia still has that imperialistic, you know, seed in their nature that they should own whatever the hell they want to own. And the more we allow them to sit there and just pick, hunt and peck at poor Ukraine and allow them to test the resources that they have to hack systems when it's finally time you know to come at us and it doesn't just have to be the united states guys it could be spain and portugal and france and italy and germany you know are major major allies and if they get taken you know let's say they go and they whip up on germany's infrastructure and germany says that's it we've had enough it's time to go to a battle we have to step up you know, and if somebody like Trump says, no, our American taxpayer doesn't want to pay for a war we have nothing to do with, it reminds me of that poem that had, it was about the Jewish and the Nazis and, and the Holocaust. Is, you know, when they, when they came for the blacks, I didn't say anything because I wasn't black. And, and when they came for the Muslims, I didn't say anything because I wasn't Muslim. And when they came for the Jews, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Jew. And when they came for me, there was no one left to speak out. And I don't think that's exactly the way the poem went, but it basically said when they came for blank, no one spoke out. I did nothing. When they came for blank, I did nothing because I wasn't them. And then finally, when they come for you, there's no one left to speak out. You have to start speaking out now and start noticing that we can't go around saying that we are the world's superpower and that we control economies and that we go in and we manipulate other countries' currencies and other countries' uh, democracies or other countries' political systems in general. We cannot say that we're, gonna, we're, that we're the superpower and go do all that stuff. And then when other people start attacking our allies or even just start attacking countries that we don't really necessarily have a financial holding with, we can't just sit there and ignore that. You can't, you know, be the dad of the whole world, the parent of the whole world, but only be the parent of the world whenever it suits you. You got to be the parent of the world at all times. And so when Russia attacks Ukraine and shows vulnerabilities in their system and we don't do anything about that, at some point we're going to have to. At some point it will come back and bite us in the ass for our ineptitude, our our laissez-faire attitude, whatever it might be. It matters. It matters that we're not paying enough attention to what's going on over there now. And let's just hope that our government, even though it seems like it's a hellhole going on right now and nothing seems to be going right out there, let's at least hope that there's some people who aren't being controlled by big business, big energy, big coal, the Republicans or the Democrats, and they're focused on making sure that we have the right tools in place to battle back against a cyber attack that goes after our infrastructure because it's going to happen at some point if it hasn't already happened on a big scale and if we lose you know 45 million people in the northeast because of power lines rub up against a damn tree imagine what happens when they go in and they actually sack an entire power plant 200 300 megawatts going out and all of a sudden that thing shut down for weeks on end so it's going on it's out there it's a wired magazine article absolutely fantastic the the cover uh, how to switch off a country I mean, fantastic read it's just another thing that i find absolutely interesting the article is called lights out by andy greenberg you must check it out if you're into this kind of stuff it's a fantastic read uh my goodness the, the i've just got so many different things highlighted but for the most part i really feel like i covered a majority of what i wanted to say I said this at the beginning and I'll say it again. When somebody like Rex Tillerson meets up with a bunch of diplomats and asks 
a silly ass question like why should the u.s taxpayer be interested in the ukraine do not allow the word u.s taxpayer to make you feel like what they're saying is all of a sudden in your best interest because you know yeah you might think some people out there manipulating the welfare system so they don't have to have a job why should somebody you know take my money i work real hard that's yeah okay yeah I, i get it you work you do work real hard you should be more interested in knowing why the government is giving humongous tax breaks to millionaires so they become billionaires and why they're allowing energy companies uh, or food distribution or Monsanto to bribe them on the back end to pass laws to poison you on the front end. That's more damaging. I think I remember whenever that whole wear- welfare thing went down that somebody broke down like if you made $40,000 a year where your taxes went way less. I mean, like we're talking maybe like five, six, ten dollars $10 a person. It was, it was something crazy. I remember reading it thinking I got no problem paying that much money into the welfare system. Whereas I think I was like, I think bailouts was, you know, a couple hundred bucks and the amount of money we were paying on our defense was, you know, a grand or something like we were spending way more money on things that while necessary are, do they necessarily need that much money? You're going to blow out meals on wheels are you going to blow out uh, the ARC, uh, Appalachian Resource Commission or something like that? Helps people who used to have coal jobs find better jobs. I mean, that's those are the things that our money needs to be going towards. Not brand new planes. Not $45 billion more for more submarines. Yeah, we should do something about the infrastructure for our nuclear, our nuclear arsenal. But one of the best things about our nuclear arsenal is it's still operating on those 70s and 80s systems. They're, I mean, they're not unhackable, but they're not nearly as digitized as they would be if we, went in, if we went in there and completely changed those. Do you really want somebody going in and hacking a nuclear missile? Just have it, that thing shoot straight up and land back down right where, where, where it went off? I mean, hell, even if it's in places that don't have metropolitan cities within a couple hundred miles, it could completely poison a majority of our farmland in the middle of the country. Oh, my goodness. It's like this doesn't keep me up at night, but this is stuff that you should be aware of. This is stuff that I find interesting. These are the articles that I read that cause me to want to start this show to begin with. It absolutely infuriates me. Just like it would infuriate this guy, um, Holtquist, John Holtquist, the the head of the team of researchers at FireEye who found Sandworm, who put on Twitter, I swear when Sandworm team finally nails Western critical infrastructure and the folks react like this was a huge surprise, I'm going to lose it. And you should too. I don't know who we need to contact to make sure that our infrastructure is strong, make sure that we have our cybersecurity team in place whenever something bad goes down. But what we should be doing is getting our representatives and our senators and our political uh, allies or our political leaders to be out in D.C. saying, stop with the stupid wall and put the money into bridges and put the money into fixing our dams and put the money into fixing our water systems and put the money into fixing our soil and our food and put the money into making sure that we have a cybersecurity system that can continue to allow our country to operate the way that we've grown accustomed. We don't need a wall keeping out some Hispanics and I love the NPR article uh, story I heard the other day where a lot of people in Wisconsin had voted for Trump and then Trump gets in office and basically says, okay, it's time for the Mexicans to go. And rather than get deported um, or arrested, that the people who of the, the Hispanics who were living there, uh, many of them are just packing up and going and they're leaving um, milk, milk dairy farms without labor. They're leaving farms without labor. They're leaving humongous industries without enough labor. And these are people that supported Trump. They thought, yeah, let's get them Mexicans out of here. 
I'm sorry if that was insulting to anyone. That's just my own little way of just that's the that was the masses and that's what people were all about. And now all of a sudden they're finding they don't have labor to to help them with their businesses. And even if they could find you know white people to find those jobs, and let's face it, they they put out ads for white people to have migrant farming jobs, and no one was taking them. Um, even if they could find people who wanted those jobs, there's just not enough. And so stop with spending our money on stupid crap. No more talk about a wall. And let's make sure that our infrastructure is as brand new as everyone. You know, you could look at Norway and Sweden and Finland. Yes, they're smaller, but they spend their money wisely. Let's start spending our money wisely. And let's, and let's start noticing what is being done to some of these other countries that we think aren't important to us. Because when we let Russia... Nip and, but, nip and pick at Ukraine and when we let China go in and build a 450 mile railroad for Ethiopia and we don't have a say because we don't think that that's our problem or we, or we don't have a, a financial uh, endeavor going on there so we don't bother to, to care what other people are doing we're going to wake up one day and we're not going to be the superpower that we thought we, uh, we might be the bully in the, in the schoolyard who's got the biggest muscles and the, the, the biggest bat but you know what? David killed Goliath with a slingshot and a stone so that's about it, guys. Ukraine is interesting with Jesse Mogul because of everything I just said. Make sure you're checking me out at MediaMogul.com, on iTunes at MediaMogul.com forward slash iTunes. You can search Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul on there, too. Find me on Facebook at MediaMogul. Find me on all other forms of social media at Jesse Mogul. As always, guys, I am curating curiosity through compelling conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been joined by a little rant and rave on Ukraine and the infrastructure inside cyber attacks and cybersecurity. by all means leave some comments leave a review tell me what you think about what i'm doing i'm doing this for you so i can help create your curiosity and yes i find this stuff interesting but if there's something else you find interesting send it my way because as you know i find everything interesting thank you again y'all you have a great day now take care